Talk Live, you can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free and bring up whatever's on your mind, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on our website for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And joining you in studio tonight, it is Ian. And Mark. And, of course, our number, 800-259-9231. The website allows you to influence the stuff we'll talk about on the air. You just go to freetalklive.com, and you'll be able to submit whatever it is you want. Uh, As you're surfing around the web, you might find a news story or a blog post or maybe a YouTube video that you think is pretty special and you want to share it with our listeners. Well, you just go and submit it as show prep there at freetalklive.com. You can use our handy bookmarklet, which makes it even easier. And then other listeners will see it and vote on whether they like or dislike your suggestion. The most liked will make it to the top and the front of our website. In fact, the top story over at freetalklive.com right now is coming out of San Francisco, where, according to the Associated Press, San Francisco has had a long history of bold public health and environmental stances, going after everything from plastic bags. Remember, we talked about that one where they actually... Have uh, didn't they? I think it was they put a tax on people that want to buy uh, groceries with plastic bags. I don't think they banned them outright, but I could be wrong. Maybe they did ban them outright. I can't remember. It seems like it was a ban, but I could be wrong. Well, we can check into that. Uh, but nonetheless, they uh, they've got new ideas here. In fact, some of their older ideas include uh, going after cigarettes and sugary drinks. And the latest target is Ronald McDonald. A proposed city ordinance would ban McDonald's from putting toys in Happy Meals unless it adds fruit and vegetable portions and limits calories. There (laughs) is a fruit um, option, as I understand it, for for Happy Meals. I think they want no, can choose to have uh, yeah. apple slices rather than french fries. I don't think they want options. Yes, I don't think so either. I, I think that this is uh, they, they're intending here to change, you know, the the corporate menu at McDonald's. The proposal would pl- apply to all restaurants, but the focus has been on McDonald's and its iconic Happy Meal. So I, I don't know what a B- Burger King has its Happy Meal. Something Wendy's, whoever, whatever the other um, products are out there that are marketed toward children. They're just be, not as popular, right? Yeah, will be targeted here. They aren't as iconic, that's for certain. Supervisor Eric Marr said he proposed the law to protect the health of his constituents. But McDonald's has waged an aggressive fight to block the measure. A battery of McDonald's Corp executives showed up at City Hall to argue that the legislation is heavy-handed effort that threatens the company's decades-old business model and the free choice of its consumers. I think that that's really what it comes down to for me. What do you the mean? Pe- people should be able to eat what they want to eat. I mean, I, 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 but I understand. they know best, Mark. The San Francisco city government bureaucrats know best. Why don't you just let them decide for you? You're making the wrong choice. I buying your son Jack a Happy Meal. Well, I have never bought Jack a Happy Meal. But, Presuming uh, you were to do something like that. I mean, he's only two and a half. What's the when do kids start getting bought Happy Meals? What's the right age to buy a kid a Happy Meal? I would think it would be it would be older than that. It okay. would seem to me. But you know, Five, he could he could four. put to put some work on it. Uh, you know, he's, he eats pizza. Um, you know, I. Happy Meal, I suppose he could do something with. I'm not exactly sure what. Why don't they start eyeballing people's shopping carts while they're at it? I mean, if, if what they're doing here, they're essentially just getting in between people and their choices. Because right now, parents can choose. As you pointed out, Mark, you, you said that uh, you think there's a, an apple option or some sort of a fruit option substitute that you can put into a Happy Meal. So parents could already be making this choice, but they're not. Uh, not all of them. 
Uh, so because 100 percent of parents aren't choosing the fruit option at McDonald's, that means the government needs to come in and start mandating things. That's what the government seems to think. Well, if this is appropriate, if this particular mode of operation for the government is OK, then why not just let's take it to the next step? Right. Uh, let's let's look at uh, people's buying habits at the grocery store, because isn't that what you know, that matters a lot too. whether the parents are buying sugar bombs uh, for cereal or if they're buying their kids, you know, granola or. Or whatever it is that they could be purchasing for their kids at home and what they eat at home. So maybe we need to have a government bureaucrat or maybe a whole bunch of government bureaucrats, one for each supermarket checkout aisle that they can just kind of stand back, you know, behind the bagger. Uh, they can stand back and just eyeball and and make sure that the parents are buying, you know, 90 percent fresh fruit, uh, vegetables, grains, you know, the whole the wholesome stuff. Right. Ninety percent of the good stuff. And maybe occasionally we'll let them go through with a snack. We'll give them an allowance for how many snacks they can have on a weekly basis. And the government bureaucrat will sit there and eyeball every single transaction just to make sure that you're doing the right thing for your children. You know, the part about this that doesn't make any sense is you can't make kids eat things that they don't want to eat mm-hmm. i mean my my wife has pulls her hair out over trying to get my son to eat um the things that she wants him to eat and he's just not going to do it <laughs> she's uh I, you know she's tried to find good snack foods and stuff so apparently teddy grams are sweetened with honey and sugar as opposed to high fructose corn syrup i don't know i don't do the research on these things mm-hmm. but the only thing that kid wants to eat is bears Bears. <laughs> he wants to eat cookies and milk. Uh, you know, his obviously she makes his milk out of raw milk and puts stuff in it yeah. and makes her own formula and everything that's a uh, you know very special. Well, the for, government would like to put a stop to that too. Yeah, I'm sure they would. But you know, the only thing he wants to eat is his bears. So, See, the raw milk is too natural for the government. Yeah, I mean, you can't be having things too natural. Uh, you have to make sure that the the natural products go through their approved corporate chain. It depends on the person in which you know in the government at that point. So uh, the proposed Happy Meal law is just the latest in a string of San Francisco ordinances aimed at regulating public health. The city recently expanded a law banning tobacco sales in pharmacies to include grocery stores and big box stores that also have pharmacies. Uh, so that's got to be good news for the, the, uh, the convenience stores, right? So every, every uh, retailer that has a pharmacy in it in San Francisco is now banned from selling tobacco. So if you were used to buying your cigarettes at Walmart or the local grocery store, what are they out in California? Piggly Wiggly or something like that? I don't that? know. Uh, your, your California, San Francisco area grocery store. There's an you, Alpha Beta or something when I was out there. You can now no longer go to those big stores if they have pharmacies in them and, and buy your cigarettes. What's the deal there? What? I would think that uh, when you're talking about pharmacies and and grocery stores, that's where where you get the cheapest cigarettes. Well, aren't the people going to the pharmacy not necessarily the people going to the cigarette counter? I mean, why are they targeting? That that doesn't even make sense to me. It just seems like it's going to benefit the convenience stores. Maybe the convenience store operators came together and, you know, formed some sort of a lobbyist group to try to garner themselves more business. Mayor Gavin Newsom signed an executive order earlier this year banning sweetened beverages. Apparently, he didn't even need to bother with going through the city council there. He just signed an executive order that just bans sweetened beverages like Coca-Cola and Pepsi from vending machines on city property. Local leaders considered, but... So, what are they going to put in the vending machines? Are they going to put just fruit juice juice. cans? Fruit juice and cans? What else do you... (laughs) Local leaders considered and ultimately abandoned laws recently that would have imposed a fee on businesses that sell sugary drinks and alcohol. Oh, okay, so they're really holding back there. 
Uh, Newsom has. They just down. want you to eat the way they want you to eat. I guess. I mean, I. This is you know this is just the beginning, right? These are the same people, by the way, that would let you uh, euthanize yourself if uh, if if your health is bad, but they want. They want to tell you how you're going to eat in the well, process. As it should be. People should be able to, uh, to take I agree, but it just doesn't make sense. Do you understand? No, yeah, I, I get I get where you're coming from. So uh, Newsom, the mayor, has slowed down his support of some health measures after he was attacked by his opponent in next month's lieutenant governor's race for being the food police. Newsom uh, vetoed the alcohol and soda fees, and he's indicated he'll do the same for Ronald McDonald, the Board of Supervisors could overturn a veto, but needs the votes of eight of 11 supervisors to do so. Uh, the mayor is always open to argument and evidence about a better way. He's not ideological. He's not wedded he to He sounds ideological. This is not a time to be considering new fees and taxes that would put San Francisco at a disadvantage to other con- counties around the state. Marr said he expected his Happy Meal bill to pass out of committee and receive a vote by the full board of supervisors this month. McDonald's vice president for nutrition and menu strategy, Karen Wells, said that denying a toy to a child would undermine the authority of parents to decide what their children should eat, and that would be difficult to execute. She says it's different from what we're doing today and different from what we've done for 25 years. Sophie Maxwell, one of the supervisors, responded in an exasperated voice. Just because it's different does not necessarily make it difficult. We'll come back uh, with more of what these bureaucrats have to say for themselves. They're uh, telling McDonald's how they should run their business. That's it's exactly nice. exactly what they're doing. And they're telling everybody that uh, that is marketing a product with a toy in it how to run their business. It's Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. are invited to take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight is Ian and Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got listening options, and they are available for you 24-7. The latest episode of Free Talk Live, uh, you tune into our streams. There it is. Uh, if we're live, we're live. If we're not, you'll hear the latest episode uh, on repeat. And it's there for you at listen.freetalklive.com. We've got broadband and dial-up flavors. Plus, if you're nowhere near an internet connection, you can use any old phone that can dial long distance. We've got listen lines as well. You can get that number also at listen.freetalklive.com. In addition, you can get information about our uh, radio affiliates and our satellite channel, listen.freetalklive.com. Which is brought to you by Quality Rental. Yep, QualityRental.com. They over there at Quality Rental. They like Free Talk Live so much. They listen to it right there in the uh, in the warehouse, and they wanted to well, they wanted to do something for the listeners of Free Talk Live. So they brought you Listen.FreeTalkLive.com. If you're having an event, whether it's a party, a wedding, barbecue, bar mitzvah, church gathering. Quality Rental can serve your needs if you're in the southern New England area. You can check out their website at qualityrental.com. 
All right, so we're going to continue here. Just a few more thoughts on what's going on in San Francisco, then to your phone calls, if you make them about anything, at 800-259-9231. The proposal on the table, now it hasn't passed yet, uh, but just just like to talk about this stuff because it has a chance of passing, right? There's a good chance. This is San Francisco where they have some of the craziest uh, regulations that are out there. And, you know, they got some good things in San Francisco, too, for sure. But uh, this one, not 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 one of those good things. They're actually... <laughs> the good things that they have in San Francisco don't have much to do with their government. <laughs> yeah. they uh, In this case, the San Francisco Board of Supervisors, which is essentially their city council, they want to pass a piece of legislation that will force all businesses that are marketing food products with a toy in them to not allow children to have the toy unless... They are uh, unless the the product has a like a piece of fruit in it. Essentially, it will uh, it'll ban McDonald's from putting toys in Happy Meals unless it adds fruit and vegetable portions and limits calories. So essentially, changing the entire concept of what a Happy Meal yeah, is. Yeah, they're gonna t- they're gonna tell McDonald's how it has to run its business. And it's not good enough that McDonald's is already offering options for people. You can substitute things like a fruit cup or whatever in, instead of the French fries, uh, that kind of thing. They, they have that as an option, but that's not They just good don't feel enough. enough people are using it. Right. You are not, <laughs> your, your ability to choose is not good enough for these people in government. They are saying they will choose for you. And it really makes you wonder how far these people are willing to go. Sophie because Maxwell, if people want French fries badly enough, if their kids want French fries badly enough, they'll make them at home. Oh, sure they will. Uh, so just uh, so Sophie Maxwell, this is one of the supervisors, responded to uh, the, the uh, McDonald's spokesperson saying that just because it's different doesn't make it necessarily difficult. I mean, McDonald's is an amazing institution. It's been around for many years because it's able to change and adapt to new circumstances and new things that people are eating. So I think they have a, that I have a lot more confidence in McDonald's, I guess, than you do. Oh, I have confidence McDonald's would figure this out if it was worth doing business in San Francisco. What McDonald's would decide at that point is, are we going to be able to sell enough Happy Meals to make up for the fruit or vegetable the kids are just going to throw out the window um, and, you know, make this happen? And I suspect that they would. But this is this is really about what people want. And, you know. I don't think that McDonald's necessarily offers the best nutritional choice that you might be able Certainly to get not. in your out of, with your out of home food dollar. I don't think that. That's the reason that my son Jack hasn't ever been given McDonald's. <laughs> but you know, some people. My mother, when she was raising me, just didn't have time. She felt so. You know, I got a lot of McDonald's when I was growing up. Cynthia Goody, McDonald's nutrition director, said there was no evidence that childhood obesity would be reduced by requiring a fruit or vegetable with all And meals. I wasn't obese either. In response, supervisor asked what mix of foods would lower childhood obesity. Goody said she would need to conduct more research to provide an answer. The Happy Meal ordinance is not all surprising given San Francisco's uh, leanings in the past. San Francisco has a reputation and it's well-deserved of being a very progressive city, said the founder of Barbary. <laughs> Progressing Coast. towards fascism, telling people, totalitarianism I should say, telling restaurants what they can uh, serve and people what they can eat. He said, with that comes naturally hand-in-hand, hand, a reliance on government to encourage thoughtful change. That's just tradition. What? They're not encouraging anything. This is threats. They're threatening. This isn't thoughtful either. Right. I mean, I love how they, the, the euphemisms that these, uh, these government people get away with. 
Oh, we're just asking. We're just encouraging. That's not taxing. That's not, oh, excuse me, that's not stealing. It's taxes. That's not murder that that San Francisco BART cop uh, committed. That was a legal killing. <laughs> that was third-degree manslaughter. I mean, they it's just amazing. Oh, no, we're just encouraging McDonald's. No, you're not. You're threatening McDonald's. You're threatening Burger King. You're threatening these people that you, if you don't do business the way we tell you to do business, then we're going to pull your, uh, your ability to even do business. You're not going to be able to, to sell anything if you don't do as we say. 1-800-259-9231. So when something like this comes to pass, and if it doesn't go through this time, it's really only a matter of time, right? Before something like this happens somewhere, you've already got crazy smoking bans all over the place in this country. There's a story, uh, I think, at the Drudge Report today about how Russia is considering a total public ban on smoking. Just total ban on public smoking. Uh, so you've got all kinds of crazy smoking bans and uh, regulations and controls on people's behavior and their and their choices. And it's just a matter of time. And then how long is it going to be before there is some sort of a food card where the government bureaucrats will be observing your purchases? And if they know that you've got kids at home, maybe they won't have a bureaucrat standing at every aisle of the grocery store. Maybe they'll just require that people use some sort of, uh, you know, a store card of uh, one of those yes. discount cards or have some kind of a government card that basically tracks all your purchases. And then they'll look at it and they'll say, oh, you've bought too many uh, Captain Crunch cereals, so we need to come into your house and do a pantry audit. Or maybe it'll just be random pantry audits of people's homes. If people, have, you know, If you want to have your kid in our government schools, which we'll force you to do, unless you can afford to pay for the private schools, if you want to have your kid, you know, kind of like they make your kids get the, the vaccines to go to government yeah. schools, well, you're The vaccines are to, optional. You just right. have to uh, you know, have them in order to send them to the school that you've already paid for. That they'll force you to send your kids to. Uh, they want to. They're going to force you to go there. But if you don't jump through their hoops, you can't go there. But if you don't go there, then you'll get in trouble for not sending your kids there, unless you're homeschooling them. And in California, that's a very difficult thing to Incredibly do. Incredibly difficult. Yeah. Uh, so, well, yeah, we'll let your son or daughter in here. We're just going to have to subject you to random pantry audits. We'll just send one of our government health experts over to your home at a you know a time that's appropriate here. Now we can't tell you exactly when because we don't want you to hide all the you know the the sugar bombs and the candy. So we're just going to drop by some of the you know what one evening. Just let us know when you're available and we'll go ahead and just drop by. Maybe it'll be during dinner time and we'll come in and we'll take a poke. We'll just poke around a little bit through your pantry. We, don't worry, your privacy is safe with us. <laughs> we won't tell anybody what products you're buying. But if we find out that you've been buying the wrong products, then well we're going to have to take your kids and put them in a foster home i mean are, are we really that far away from something absurd i mean i know that's ludicrous right it's absurd it'd be ludicrous to tell to tell uh, mcdonald's they can't sell happy meals your thoughts are welcome 800-259-9231 this is free talk live this your family today tip is brought to you by nestle tollhouse refrigerated cookie dough who would you bake some love for Find fun and easy baking ideas at TollHouse.com. Kids love doing arts and crafts projects, especially when you join in. Try channeling all that artistic energy into the kitchen and bake up some creative treats together. Think of your art supplies as the frosting, sprinkles, and decorating gels, and use cookies or cupcakes as your canvas. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash YourFamilyToday. This 
is Free Talk Live. You dial in toll-free, take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features you will find there totally free. Uh, Features like our bulletin board system. You can get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners. And you can enjoy it all free over at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. As we continue here, we're going to take your phone calls about whatever's on your mind. Coming up, Mark, you've got something about a, an assassination campaign, government assassin. I don't well, even know what you got. It's uh, Barack Obama, his, his, his assassination program that he's got for American citizens. Oh, that's good. That sounds helpful. Yeah. License to kill, baby. We'll get to that. But first, your call. Shaking Alex. Upstirred. Alex is in Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Alex. Alex? Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I, for one, think it's just great what they're doing in San Francisco because we surfs just love to do things men with guns force us to do. It's good. It's a good life, isn't it? Well, mostly... The, 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 on the plantation. The, you know, they've gotten better and better at this, right? As the government goes... There's not going to be any man with gun out, a gun out there saying that you can't get a Happy Meal with fries and a toy in it. You're just not going to be able to. Yeah. It's just not going to be available. Well, because the men with the guns will come along when McDonald's decides that if they ever were to do they, this, which right, they that's won't. That's the thing, is they won't. Right. Well, they, they, they aren't going to, uh, they, they're going to abide by the rules because they don't want to have their business license pulled and have men with guns show up and stop them from uh, operating their business. So they'll do whatever they, they're told. Or they'll leave because, San Francisco. Because in the end, McDonald's are just as much serfs as you and I. That's right. Despite all their corporate power, that's true. All right. Well, anyway, I've been listening to your show for about a year and a half now, and I think I've got most of the talking points down pretty well <laughs> uh, until I got to AP government politics. So where, this is a high school uh, actually, class? Yes, this is a high school class. All right. Where... Uh, the teacher knows a little bit more history than I. Um, but the main thing is I wasn't quite sure how to argue against how voting gives government accountability because, I mean, I know I can say, well, they're men with guns, and why would those people ever be accountable to me who can't use any force against them? But then they still he still comes up with, well, you can vote those politicians out of office. So I wasn't quite sure how I can around that it's true you can vote a politician out of office in theory uh but the only choice you typically have from the other politician that's currently in office is a politician that's pretty much just like the other politician that's already in office so it's not much of a choice is it and a- another thing that you could point out is the incumbency re-election rates um you you, you point out that uh the, the that it's the the guys who are in office today that get to write the rules on how the guys who might get an office in the future Mm-hmm. would be able to run. So therefore, the government preserves its own status quo. And as an example, sir, I'd like to bring up uh, slavery and the abolition movement. The abolition movement was strong in the um, in New England prior to the signing of the Constitution. It took another 80 years and a the bloodiest war in U.S. history in order to finally do away with the institution we call slavery. Is this what you is, is this form of the, the form of voting and, and uh, you know, people speaking that you'd like to hold up? Here's another point I'd make on uh, the idea that uh, that the government is, is able to be held accountable by voting. Uh, 
what's the evidence? <laughs> well, because the evidence is is that you can you you have the opportunity to go and vote, and new people get in all the sure, time. Sure, but you're choosing between the worst of two evils. And one could point out the uh, the teacher could come back with and say, well, if you don't like the two choices, you could just start your own party, or you could uh, take over the party, and you could put your own candidate up there, one that's uh, one that's the, you know believes in the things that you believe in. And anybody that's actually tried to do that understands how difficult uh, a task that is. Not only is the system designed to ensure that the incumbents uh, pretty much get reelected at a 90 plus percent rate they also designed the system to prevent third parties from getting any kind of a foothold and and actually having a chance uh, the, and I could go into details there's diff- it's different from every state every, every state government has different regulations that they put on third parties and requirements and they're always more onerous than the major parties and the major parties are owned lock stock and barrel by you know the corporate interests and the big government interests and the people that have been there uh, for a long time, as the Ron Paul advocates found out in 2008 when they attempted to go to the Republican Party conventions and essentially attempt to, uh, you know, in, insert their people into the the, uh, the political process of this particular party. And they had their microphones turned off when they came up to uh, to attempt to speak. They were in many cases prevented from even coming into the conventions. Uh, the, everything that the system did, everything they could to keep those people out. So the idea that the fact that one gets to vote once every two to four years is in any way keeping the government accountable to people just is absurd on its face. If people could actually withhold their money from the government, then that would go a lot further to uh, toward keeping the government accountable. Because, well, when businesses are held accountable, it's by individuals choosing every single day or every time they have the option to do or not do business with that uh, with that company. To bring back McDonald's here for a moment, uh, McDonald's is held accountable when they screw up a meal for somebody because that person can come back in there right then and get the customer service they're looking for. And if they don't, if the manager's a jerk or the staff members are jerks to those people and they don't want to make good or or maybe the customer's a jerk, uh, whatever happens, if, if, if uh, negotiations break down, the customer can say, well, the hell with this. I'm not bringing my business here ever again, and I'm going to tell everybody else to not bring the bring their business to you you can't do that with government so so i mean it's just ludicrous once every two years is the maximum opportunity that you have to hold these people accountable and even that is a joke right and i did make the point when we were talking about how the government protects us from bad food and uh, i basically won the debate in that point by saying that in a free market you would actually have some real accountability but with as far as with the uh changing changing politicians not really being a real choice he kind of beat me there on some of the history so i i'm not real i guess i don't really have a firm grasp on u.s history because i've like i said i've been listening to you guys and i kind of based on current uh things that are going on i can kind of know the principles and all that kind of stuff so is there any like book or something like that that you could recommend that i could kind of touch up on some u.s political history points I don't know. I was like conceived in liberty by Murray Rothbard. Um, now I'm trying to figure out. Did he tell you that basically here's here's a, here's some examples of how the voting booth was used to change things? Yes. Well, uh, like basically the first day in class, I basically let let it out that I don't think there should be any government. So he kind of knows that I'm from a as small government as possible stance. So when he threw out some examples, he threw out. Uh, Clinton getting in and how he made some big changes, and Reagan getting in and how he made some big changes. And I know you guys have talked about how the government increased 
many percent when Reagan got in, but I don't really know. I didn't really know enough about their uh, political reigns to be able to say, well, actually, they did X, Y, and Z, and that was really just more. Yeah, well, what changes were the. I mean. Right. Well, here's, here's the example that you use. Look, government is very good at growing government, and that much is true, sir. However, what you aren't going to be able to show me very many examples of is government shrinking government, government holding government accountable. Despite and that the fact. Did, and you can't, you really can't, I can't think of any election where that's happening. No. Um, Look at the history. Government just keeps getting bigger, and it's despite most Americans. Americans saying they think government's too big. If you 80, ask 80% of Americans right. at this point, um, at this point in history right now, 80% of Americans say government is too large. Do you want to make a guess, Mr. History Teacher, on whether or not government will grow over the next two years? Right, and uh, that's that's a good point that I haven't brought up. It's kind of hard. I'm still kind of cutting my teeth. This is sure, really sure, the first sure. real opponent that I've had. A lot of my friends I've talked to either really aren't interested or agree with me, so I don't I haven't had a lot of opportunity to actually get out there and debate some points with someone who has some knowledge. So, I'm well, I hope that time. helps a little bit, Alex. And I thank you for the call. Don't hesitate to get back in touch with us if future controversy develops. There, he started his school year by announcing that he doesn't think there should be any government. So inevitably, there will likely be some interesting conversations to come here at this point. The government history teacher. Yeah, 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. A criminal organization doesn't have to be accountable. They can just steal stuff. Thousands of years ago, from the time of Moses to the time of Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, and beyond. TrustedCoins.com brings you an incredible selection of authentic Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine ancient coins, all certified authentic by world-renowned numismatic expert, Ilya Zlobin. Transport yourself to the distant past now at TrustedCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want. Take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features there free. Hey, if you enjoy this program, you want to help support Free Talk Live, you may do so by shopping with us. At Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. You just enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a portion of the purchase price. Amazon would normally keep all of that for themselves, but when you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, they put about 7 to 8% over towards us on most purchases. I think electronics go no more than 4%, but it's something, and it's something more than we would have gotten uh, had you not shopped at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. So you've got stuff to buy Get it at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. You'll probably get a great deal, and you can feel good because a portion is going to Free Talk Live at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Do you want to know how to give your baby a head start? Try babyreadingkit.com. I can't say enough good things about this course. My young son, Jack, uh, he's two and a half years old, can read his colors and can read his shapes and uh, something happened this week that was uh, sort of a new milestone in him reading. Previously, he could only read them off the flashcards from the uh, from the babyreadingkit.com. But now he's reading the words from books. He's pointing at the word. Uh, I saw him point at the word colors and the word red. And he did all of his colors in this book. Obviously, children's books want you to learn how to 
to uh, identify colors and that sort of thing. But he's reading them. It's babyreadingkit.com. You can have this huge advantage for your child. It's, it's I think it's 130 bucks for the course. It is a chump change for your child being able to read. Babyreadingkit.com. All right. So you can bring up anything. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. Still to come, Mark, you're going to tell us about the assassination campaign against Americans by Barack Obama. Uh, you'll give us some of the details on that here. Uh, but first... Corrupt cop stories. We haven't done these in a little while, and I get them every single week. We don't do them every week just because we don't have time. StopTheDrugWar.org reports, which is, by the way, the place to go. If you want to get drug war news, if you are, like me, concerned about the insane war on drugs and would like to see it end, StopTheDrugWar.org is a great source for the latest information worldwide of what's going on as far as changes, you know, good news and bad news in regards to ending the uh, the war on drugs. So this from Philip Smith over at StopTheDrugWar.org. In Benton, Illinois, the Gallatin County Sheriff was convicted September 23rd of marijuana trafficking. The sheriff. The sheriff. And but plotting- it's got to be kind of hard to catch them. I mean, they've yeah, got to right? be doing a lot of dirt. To be able to, to, to get caught for the FBI or, or some state uh, agency to come in and get them. Because obviously, the sheriff's deputies aren't going to arrest the sheriff. No, they're working with them, typically. You know, this reminds me of, uh, this little story reminds me of uh, uh, Whence We Come. From Whence? No. Whence. whence We Come. And I'm still having trouble with that. Anyway, this uh, reminds me of Whence We Come, Mark. And I, I won't say which county it is in Florida. But there is a... There the one are- I was, uh, lived in uh, when I was growing up. <laughs> <laughs> there are some firm, firm allegations it's just against allegations, the sheriff, right? And I don't know if he's still the sheriff there, but uh, I can't imagine that he's back, been unseated. Yeah, he's yeah. powerful. Back when uh, we were living down there, the pretty much everybody knows that old sheriff so and so is uh, distributing various different drugs, as he's got the control of the port in the particular county in which he does business. And so, you know, when I hear when you hear those stories, and you believe that the police are good guys. And that there are just a few bad apples. It sounds unbelievable, doesn't it? I mean, just try to put yourself, obviously we're way beyond this, but try to put yourself back in the shoes, Mark, of when you thought that law enforcement was, you know, they're there to keep us safe, protect and serve. Go law enforcement. What are you talking about, Sheriff so-and-so? He's a nice man. I've met him in person and he would never deal drugs. What are you talking? Drugs are bad. I used to think that way. But I always thought the sheriff so and so moved drugs. I mean, that, I, I heard it all my life. I can't put myself in the shoes of not yeah. believing that this guy moved drugs. I've heard it I from mean, his family members. I, I just, I'm just saying that to me, he was has always been that one of the bad apples. If you're going to claim that there are some bad apples, then you have to understand that there are some sheriffs that are bad apples. So, and in this case, so what's that mean about the whole department? It means that if there are any good cops in that department. They know better than to open their mouths because the sheriff and his boys will take care of them, and in a very bad way, I'm sure. In fact, I remember it was uh, several years ago, the – what did they call it? It was like the, the crack team or whatever. The, the, there was some sort of name for it. Not the SWAT team, but they have like Delta the Force. Delta Force. That's what it was. The Delta Force in that man's department went down uh, for some sort of drug-related shenanigans. Yeah, they were, plant, they were planting, they were stealing, they planting were drugs doing on people, all kinds yeah. of things, including apparently setting – uh, one of them set their own vehicle on fire in order to get the insurance money. There's all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Some of them and, went to, to prison. I and mean, when, that's amazing. When I saw that story, knowing what I knew about the sheriff down there, I thought – I wonder what those boys did to cross old Sheriff so-and-so. I wonder what they did. 
Because they must have done something to really tick him off, right? They must have really crossed the wrong people for the Delta Force, the drug-enforcing wing of the sheriff's office, to get brought up on charges. Don't you think? I, I I don't know how they got brought in. I just didn't pay enough attention at that time. To well, I don't know how they got brought in exactly either, but don't you think they had to cross somebody like the sheriff himself? Do some, you know, like try to steal from the sheriff or rip off the sheriff or get they could really have been brought greedy? down by FDLE. I mean, yeah, it's not likely. I mean, come on. You think they don't know what's going on? How do they not know these things? And you also have to ask yourself is how many of these sheriffs are actually working together? Because I used to know somebody who told me that and I'll name I'll name the name on this one. Joe Arpaio uh, was one of the, the main importers down uh, the, the border area. You know, old Maricopa County, Joe. The toughest sheriff in America that he had a network of the the word on the street was that he had a network allegations, of course, uh, that he had a network of sheriffs that uh, were basically his distribution points. Now, I'm not I don't know who those sheriffs were, but maybe this guy was one of them. Sheriff Raymond Martin convicted on 15 counts in the drug trafficking and murder for hire scheme because he also plotted to kill two people who planned to testify against him. Ten of them carry. He understands how effective that is. Ten of them carry possible life sentences. According to the DEA, Martin supplied a drug dealer with pot, threatened the dealer with death after he said he wanted out, and told him he could make up crimes against him. The dealer went to the feds, and Martin went down. While Martin was in jail... Man, he must have been sloppy if this was the... I mean, this, this sounds like a one-off case, doesn't it? Gave mm. him some pot? He wanted out? I mean, what? This is a strange story. When Martin was in jail, wait, this can't be a one-off case. Sheriff doesn't just do a one-off drug deal. You're doing it all the time. When Strange. Martin was uh, in jail awaiting trial, because who better to deal drugs than the sheriff? Who better to be the top dog drug dealer in any county than the sheriff and his boys? Well, I suppose if you're in um, a, a county with a large city, then the chief of police might be a better choice. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> the, uh, who better than the uh, the, the highest the ranking dog. Yeah, yeah. Uh, law enforcement officer in a given geographic area? Well, Martin was – because the sheriff himself doesn't have to do all the dirty work typically. You can just have his uh, his men take care of it. That plot unraveled uh, – excuse me. While Martin was in jail awaiting trial, he conspired with his wife and son to, uh, to offer two other cellmates $17,000 to kill the witnesses. That plot unraveled when one of the would-be hitmen got cold feet and also went to the authorities. Martin had refused to resign from his job, forcing the county to continue to pay him his $40,000 annual salary even while in jail. Now the county can fire him, and it did so on Tuesday. In Laredo, Texas, a Laredo police officer was convicted Monday on cocaine trafficking and firearms charges for escorting loads of what he thought was cocaine through the city. Officer Orlando Jesus Hall was uh, 27 and found guilty of conspiracy to possess with intent to distribute cocaine and using a firearm in furtherance of that drug offense. He and fellow Laredo police officer Pedro Martinez III were snagged in an FBI sting after they each agreed to transport 20 kilos of fake cocaine through the city, then went to San Antonio where they were each paid $1,000. Martinez copped a plea earlier and testified against Hale. Hale is looking at a mandatory minimum 10-year federal prison sentence on the coke charge and a five-year sentence 
for the gun charge. You know, and, and in these instances, all you're doing is taking guys that would probably be reasonably good law enforcement officers. I don't think you'd need, in the absence of the drug war, I don't think you'd need nearly as many law enforcement officers as you have. But you're taking people... Because most people will do something for enough money, thousand bucks. When you're talking, well, I don't just know drive it, this through the city. Yeah, I don't know that it, that would be that. That wouldn't be it for me. Uh, but you know, th- different thresholds are different for people. You know, this Especially guy might have three kids, and you think you're untouchable. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, you know, so this just guy might have some kids, city. and he doesn't want to take. You know, he he needs the money. Got to, bills to pay. Yep, mm-hmm. got orthodontists or Quick whatever. Grand. Yeah, you, you're not dealing that. You're not doing the coke deal. You're just driving it, just taking it from one point to another. So no big deal. Kansas City, Kansas, DEA agent found liable for damages on Friday for beating a motorist in a 2003 road rage incident. In Washington, D.C., a D.C. Metro police officer was indicted last week on charges she protected her drug-dealing boyfriend as he packaged large amounts of crack cocaine and heroin at the couple's home in District Heights. And finally, a Customs and Border Protection officer was arrested September 23rd for taking bribes to allow vehicles he thought were smuggling drugs to pass unimpeded through his entry lane at the Calexico border crossing. Hour number two is coming up, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. More coming on, on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Now tell me again how this country is the land of the free and the home of the brave. How would you like to use the power of mass media and popular culture to send an anti-statist message straight to the heart of middle America? It's easy to do. Just request this song on the radio. Hi, I'm John Ringer, and let me tell you about my crazy idea. I wrote a song called My Country, My Ass. I sent this song to over 600 radio stations nationwide. Then I made a web page with links for contact and email for all the radio stations. My goal is nothing less than to change the psychology of the entire country. But I can't do it alone. I need your help. All you have to do is use the internet to request the song. Radio stations aren't like the government. They care what their listeners think. To request the song, just go to MyCountryMyAss.com. It's easy. That's MyCountryMyAss.com. This song is my message. Is it yours? Why don't you tell those jerks in Washington to stick their laws where the sun don't shine? Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program. You can dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there for free. We give them away. And that's the way a good talk show website should be. So head on over there and enjoy those. Freetalklive.com. Main feature of the site allows you, the listener, to control the content of the site by submitting different suggestions that we should use as uh, show prep. And even if we don't use it, that's okay because uh, if you submit it, more people will see what you think is important. So if you're surfing around and find something interesting, just submit it to freetalklive.com to the submit a show, uh, submit show prep option. And other listeners will then vote on whether they like or dislike the most liked, making it to the front page and the top of our website, meaning we're more likely to talk about it. We don't guarantee. Tonight we did talk about the very top story on the site, uh, which is San Francisco looking to ban Happy Meals, basically. Can't beat a good banning story. And uh, so that was the top of our website. And it was thanks to listeners like you that put it there. So thank you. Freetalklive.com. We go to the phones and the fun, though. Mark, you're going to tell us about something that is not fun uh, coming up, and that is assassination campaigns against americans although not that assassination campaigns against other folks are any better uh we'll get to that in here in a moment but first frank is on the line in new york frank you're on free talk live 
Uh, good evening, hey, gentlemen. Frank, what's on your mind? Listen, I, first thing, I just have one comment about the uh, teaching baby to read. Uh, I was wondering, did you try the Brainetics math program? No. Like, okay. Is, I'm intrigued with that. I'm thinking about trying it myself. You it, know, that's the one where you take numbers like 379 times 631 equals 182,119 or whatever. You know, the, the TV infomercial is pretty good. I haven't but, seen it. Uh, getting back to the... the Wait, Frank, topic, you have kids? I don't. So you're going to use but, it for yourself, then, is what you meant. Okay, that's what I thought you meant when you said even, that. Even in my early 50s, I think that might be a very interesting uh, event at the bar or hanging out with the uh, cognac crowd, <laughs> sort of doing the quick numbers, especially applying it to the, the global debt. It could be very entertaining and amusing. But, uh, no, what I wanted to mention is I've been disconcerted and very concerned about the fact that Obama with his executive order, gives himself the authority to terminate American citizens abroad or domestically uh, with extreme prejudice without any sort of uh, uh, check and balance for the victim, including charges can be ups- uh, unsubstantiated. Under the Homeland Security Act and the mm-hmm. Patriot Act, they don't have to even be given uh, to the individual. There's no guarantee that one could challenge it in the court of law. It violates the human uh, rights, the international rights of, and charters of freedom that the U.N. has, as well as our own Bill of Rights and the Constitution. And I think that's really high treason, and uh, there should be legal action taken against Obama for that, especially if he uses it. Because, as I said, it's so it violates our law and it violates international law. It's one thing to have a covert organization like the CIA whose charter is still classified, that may give provisions, you know, to do things like that. But when you actually say that the president has this authority and that he can use it, that's really dangerous and it violates, A, American law, domestic law, and international law. There should be a quick end to that. That's all I can say. Sounds nice, Frank. Unfortunately, as long as it's them violating their own law, no one's ever going to hold them accountable, right? Yeah, I can't believe that they they actually came out and said this. That's what amazes me. What I'm concerned about is the fact that, again, habeas corpus is thrown out the window. And this should be a Supreme Court case. This should be fast-tracked to the Supreme Court case, the Supreme Court. But I don't think Kagan or a number of the justices could really deal with it because, you know, they're sort of in a different uh, mindset. And, uh, you know, I'm very concerned about that. But that's what should happen. And, you know, if this is actually used, uh, then... Chaos will break out. People will start to take this upon themselves. In fact, they have a right to self-defense and to resist. And what I'm concerned about is, too, the fact that let's admit al-Qaeda is the CIA, MI6, and Mossad. And Osama bin Laden was dead in December of 2001 from uh, acute kidney failure. And Benazir Bhutto provided evidence to Bush and the Secretary of State and also to Tony Blair, DNA evidence. And, you know, after that, she's assassinated. All I can say is this. Let's be honest and, and get this, stop this madness. And uh, there is no al-Qaeda. Al-Qaeda is financed by the U.S. taxpayers. The only way it's, to stop this madness is to stop the federal government. And, and ha- maybe that's what has to be done. It is. Or maybe if the, if, if, if the you know what's going to happen? These draconian laws and violations of our uh, rights, laws and freedoms 
uh, at some point, the American people, when they lose everything, they're going to awaken a sleeping giant that's going to be angry and vengeful and that has learned for 40 years of social Darwinism to actually, you know, respond. And that may be the end of the federal government. And if we don't do it, if the U.S. continues to make blunders as it's been doing abroad, such as the illegal and covert war against Pakistan, uh, with the CIA manning the drones and all of this nonsense, I have a feeling China, there may be a coalition of nations to take down the United States. And under international law, and after our violations of their territorial sovereignty, in a court of international law, they may have every right to do that. And that's why it's so dangerous and damnable. And as an American, I'm uh, embarrassed and threatened by this because I protest the wars. And they'll be going after the Quakers next. I can just imagine this. Well, it wouldn't have been the first uh, time. You know. (laughs) You know, it's ridiculous. Thank you, and Frank. You know, I appreciate hearing from thank you tonight. You. The, the, the CIA has doesn't have a very good track record of actually pulling off of its little schemes, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it goes and it meddles in some countries' uh, business, and then it blows up in its face. Happened over and over and over again. I mean, there, there, there is just a, a myriad, a laundry list of this, of this happening. Now, obviously, we can't point to how many times the CIA has gone in and meddled in somebody's business and been successful. I don't know. However, I don't think the government really holds itself accountable in this particular area. So if, if in fact, the CIA – I know obviously the CIA and uh, covert operations are, are going on in, in Pakistan. Are they doing it without Pakistan's consent? I don't know. It's a difficult country to really figure out. Pakistan is not a uh, person it can't consent. I understood. But if if the person who the, – the, the, the group of people, likely men, that control Pakistan's military, um, is are they upset about it or not mm-hmm. is really the question. Your thoughts are welcome at 800-259-9231. In fact, uh, Frank brought up the issue that you were going to talk about here next, Mark. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the 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 covert assassination program going on in with the Obama administration, and it's it's really disturbing. Now, I this, remember hearing about this when it was first, uh, I guess, revealed a few, several months ago. Well, it's 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 come to a new level because. Oh, well, let me read it to you. Okay, this from, is from Glenn, uh, Glenn Greenwald at uh, Salon.com. Okay, at this point. And, and it's speaking as Glenn. I don't. I didn't believe it was possible, but the Obama administration has just reached an all-new low in its abysmal civil liberties record. In response to the lawsuit filed by Anwar um, Awlaki's father, asking the court to enjoin the president from assassinating his son, a U.S. citizen, without any due process, the administration late last night, according to the Washington Post, this is a, a few days old. It's actually from mm-hmm. September 25th, but I think it's important to bring up. Absolutely. Uh, without um, any due process administration last night, according to the U.S. Uh, Washington Post, filed a brief asking the court to dismiss the lawsuit without hearing the merits of the claims. And that's not surprising. Both the Bush and the Obama administrations repeatedly insisted that their secret conduct is legal, but nonetheless urges the court not to even rule on its legality. Mm-hmm. But what's more notable here is that one of the arguments the Obama DOJ raises to um, to demand dismissal of the lawsuit is state secrets. In other words, not only does the president have the right to sentence Americans to death with no due process or charges of any kind, but his decision as to who will be killed and why he wants them um, dead are state secrets. And thus, no court may adjudicate their legality. 
Hmm. A very intense case of food uh, poisoning in New York on Thursday, combined with my traveling home all night last night, prevents me from writing much about this until tomorrow. And what's uh, been rendered as uh, the blog uncharacteristically silent for the last two days. But I would hope that nobody needs me or anyone else to explain why this assertion of power is so pernicious. We'll come back and talk more about it. I know that uh, Radley Balco at The Agitator had a few thoughts on it. 800-259-9231. And, of course, yours are encouraged as well. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. You will find the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Features including our shrine of female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing their listeners of this program. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com. You can see that. And if you're a lady listener, you can get involved. The details are there at shrine.freetalklive.com. By the way, we've got uh, a bunch of archives on our website, and those are brought to you by HostGator. HostGator.freetalklive.com. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. And you, is all you have to do is go there uh, to hostgator.freetalklive.com to create your very own website, whether it's a personal blog or complete e-commerce business website. You let the experts over there at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. Use that portal that we've created for you. Get your first month completely free, hostgator.freetalklive.com. Now, Mark, you were just sharing with us a piece by Glenn Greenwald over at salon.com, and normally he writes very detailed uh, stories about the government and their, their just continued aggression against the idea of being free. And he's pretty good about what he what he does over there. He does this, a lot of foreign policy stuff and the, uh, you know police yeah. state stuff. And I don't know if he's I don't know if he would consider himself uh, liberty minded, but he certainly comes off on on these issues as uh, as being very much so. And normally he's very detailed. In this case, it was a, shor- a short piece from Salon, just where he was feeling kind of bad, so he didn't have really a lot of time to expound upon it. But Radley Balco over the Agitator had a few thoughts on this issue. And then we'll look even further into this idea of state secrets, because what has happened is this uh, guy who, uh, let's see, the lawsuit filed has asked the a federal court to enjoin the president from assassinating his son, who is supposedly a U.S. citizen without any due process. The government comes in, the Obama administration comes in with their response. They file a brief that says, yeah, uh, just dismiss this lawsuit. State secrets. State secrets. So we want to be able to kill this guy. We don't want to talk anything about why or what's going on. We don't really even want this case to be heard. So please, federal court, just kick this thing right out. State secrets is the reason. So that's all they have to say is state secrets. Well, the the court hasn't made the decision in this case yet, but I do have a case that is also recent. It's been sitting in my show prep for a few weeks, and this is a perfect excuse to talk about it, where the court, uh, where a federal court did uphold Obama's request for 
basically kicking a case out over state secrets. Uh, so we'll get to that. But first, uh, this from theagitator.com, Radley Balco, we had on the show, Mark, you actually had him on during the Liberty Forum, right? Yeah. There are no mitigating factors here, says Radley. Obama is arguing the executive has the power to execute American citizens without a trial, without even so much as an airing of the charges against them, and that it can do so in complete secrecy with no oversight from any court, and that the families of the uh, executed have no legal recourse. You can't even make the weak argument that the executive has at least to claim this power in the course of protecting national security because it doesn't matter. Obama is arguing that he has the right to keep everything about these executions secret, including the reasons why they were ordered, merely by uttering the magic phrase, state secrets. In other words, this power would only arise under a national security context is deemed irrelevant by the fact that not only is Obama claiming the president's word on what qualifies as national security is final, he's claiming the power in such a way that there's no audience to whom he would ever need to make that connection. So, yeah, it's tyranny. There's no more tyrannic if there's a more tyrannical power a president could possibly claim than the power to execute the citizens of his country at his sole discretion with no oversight, no due process, and no ability for anyone to question the execution even after the fact. I can't think of it. Baco says this is horrifying. I mean, it's disturbing, isn't it? Yeah. Now, here is the case I was referencing. David Kravitz over at ThreatLevelWire.com citing the Obama administration's evocation of the state secrets privilege. This is from about a month ago, September 8th. Uh, The court, a federal appeals court, agreed Wednesday to toss a lawsuit against a Boeing subsidiary accused of helping the CIA transport detainees to secret foreign prisons. Remember that story? Yeah. From the the Bush administration? Extreme rendition. Yeah, where they were just kind of taking prisoners to secret location, uh, locations and then ha- handing them over. It wasn't the allegedly wasn't the CIA agents who were doing the torturing. If they flew somebody to a prison in, uh, you know, uh, Borneo or wherever, it would have <laughs> been. I think the, Poland was uh, one of the locations and Egypt. Yeah, it would have been the the people there that they would hire to do the, the torturing of those folks. That way they could say, well, we didn't torture them. Um, so, so there was this lawsuit against a Boeing subsidiary who was accused of, of doing the flying, right, of, of taking these Somebody alleged terrorists from point A to the secret prison. So six to five was the ruling. So they were split, but nonetheless, uh, they ruled in favor of the administration. A panel of the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals said it was bound by a 1953 Supreme Court precedent requiring judges to dismiss cases if litigating them could expose government secrets and this imperil is, national this security. This really disturbs me, um, is the, the whole idea of government secrets in general. I mean, should the government have secrets from its citizenry? Now, I understand when you're talking about kings and dictators and things like that, but when you're talking about a government that's supposedly of the people, by the people, and for the people, exactly where in that phrase does state secret fit? Well, because if the government is by and for and of the people, then you can't give me secrets, otherwise I can't properly make decisions when I'm electing the stinking thieves that make these decisions. Well, it is all just an illusion, isn't it, Mark? The idea that, that it's by, true. for, and etc. the people. But to, to answer you, your question, I will answer as the statist. Well, Mark, uh, yeah, of course the government's by and for the people. And in order to protect the people, 
well, there are certain things that you know have a national security importance. We can't just let that information out there, or the terrorists, you know, they could find these things out and they could use that to uh, to cause terror. So well, we I, have to have a sure, certainly. That, it's like you that, don't want to tell people right, where the troops are moving to, or they'll set up a you know a, an ambush. Maybe they shouldn't be moving the troops. Like maybe the government of the people, by the people, and for the people. Not that I believe that crap at all, but maybe they shouldn't be setting up circumstances where they need to keep secret. Secrets from everybody. So the piece over at Wired continues. Uh, this is a quote from Judge Raymond Fisher writing for the majority of the, uh, the court. This case requires us to address the difficult balance. The state secrets doctrine strikes between fundamental principles of our liberty, including justice, transparency, accountability, and national security. Just makes you want to play the Star Spangled Banner, doesn't it? Although, as judges, we strive to honor all of these principles, there are times when exceptional circumstances create an irreconcilable conflict between them. On those rare occasions, we are bound to follow the Supreme Court's admonition that even the most compelling necessity cannot overcome the claim of privilege if the court is ultimately satisfied that state secrets are at stake. He concluded that after much deliberation, we reluctantly conclude that this is such a case. You know, and is the, the thing is... They is, had a tough time, How Mark? do they know what the state secrets are? I mean, does the, does the Obama administration tell these judges what the state secrets are? Or know. do they That's just say, hey, it's state secrets. Stuff it. That is a good question. The outcome underscores that in at least so far, insofar as the state secrets privilege is concerned, President Barack Obama has taken the same path that his predecessor... Gee, what a surprise. We've been saying it all along. It's just Bush the third. Despite claims he would limit his use of the privilege, Obama has continued to invoke the privilege in cases left over from the Bush administration and has argued for it in newer cases as well. Out with the old, in with the same. Same crap as usual. 1-800-259-9231. You can take control. More state secrets. Coming up, this is Free Talk Live. In times of economic instability, precious metals are the best hedge against inflation and can be a great investment opportunity. Bullion Investment Corporation is the gold standard in precious metal acquisition. Whether you're in the market for gold, silver, platinum, or palladium, you can leverage up to 400% by taking advantage of the Purchase Power Program. And don't forget about the low price guarantee. BIC will meet or beat the price of any other broker. Bullion Investment Corporation, proudly serving our clients for over 25 years. For more information, call Bullion Investment Corporation now at 1-888-486-1275 or visit goldbullion.net. you want that's why we call the show free talk live take control of the airwaves toll free at 800-259-9231 the SACL cai toll free line 1-800-259-9231 you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com we'll give you the features there free so head on over there enjoy those on us features like news updates you get signed up We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to news.freetalklive.com. Get on the updates list. You can get on different uh, delivery methods. You can follow us via email, which is the best way to do it. Uh, There's also Facebook and Twitter. So head on over, get on board, free, at news.freetalklive.com. That is news.freetalklive.com. A little bit more about state secrets, which is the government's great excuse this is the the federal government's excuse to basically uh, throw this out to a judge if judges uh, being if a, if a court like in this case the federal appeals court is being brought up a case is being brought up uh, that could make them look bad 
They can just say, state secrets, toss it out. And that's what they've done. In this case, uh, it was about the, the Boeing flights or a, a Boeing subsidiary that was accused of helping the CIA transport detainees to secret foreign prisons during the Bush administration. Uh, essentially, the federal government came in there and, you know, they stuck up for their buddies in the Bush administration because they're all on the same side. <laughs> they try to make you think that the Democrats and the Republicans are different, but really they're just two sides of the same big government statist coin. That sounds pretty accurate to me after, uh, you know, years of doing this show. Yep. So they came in there and they told the court, no, no, state secrets. You can't be here in this case. And so the court dutifully kicked it right out after writing a bunch of words that made it sound like they were having a really, really tough time with this. Oh, boy, this has been. Look, it was a six to five decision here. We almost went the other way. And boy, was it difficult for us to make this decision. But we're going to rule in favor of the state. Because state secrets are more important than any kind of litigation that might, you know, reveal that the state is a, a criminal organization. So a little bit more, though, about state secrets. Attorney General Eric Holder acknowledged a year ago that the government was continuing. Now, this is the, the U.S. attorney general. I mean, he's the, he's the big genital. He's the biggest genital on the block. Yeah. And uh, so he acknowledged that the government was continuing with pending Bush privilege assertions, but claimed it would only invoke the state secrets privilege when there's a possibility of significant harm. Don't worry. We wouldn't misuse this. We wouldn't even make a mistake. When there's a possibility of significant harm to the country. Hmm. Now, uh, before I go on with, uh, with that, what does it mean when a politician says the country? Um, whatever he wants. Well, it typically means the United <laughs> the States federal government, but it sounds like he means the people in the landmass, right? It's right. when you say when he says significant harm to the country, it sounds like he's talking about keeping you safe, but really he's talking about well, this case could damage our uh, legitimacy. People might start to think that we're not legitimate, that we're just a gang of criminals if we let this information out. So, state secrets, state secrets, everybody. Anyway, he said he promised it would not be used to hide embarrassing or illegal government programs. You have his word. Thank goodness. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> the state secrets privilege is a defense first recognized by the U.S. Supreme Court in a McCarthy-era lawsuit in 1953 and has been increasingly <laughs> and successfully invoked by federal lawyers seeking to shield the government from court scrutiny. Generally, lawsuits in which national security information may be divulged are tossed by judges at the government's request. The case decided Wednesday was brought by five foreign nationals who claimed the CIA, working with other governments, operated a so-called extraordinary rendition program to gather intelligence. Which is facts. The program, the court said, yeah, they, they regrettably, to their, from their position, right. admitted they, to it. Right, they, they admitted to it, and then uh, I think Bush passed a pardon for anybody who might have been involved. Nice. The program... So, including himself. I mean, this is the mm-hmm. first president to, pass, uh, to pardon mm-hmm. himself. Well, he could probably count on Barack Obama to pardon him, even if he couldn't. Likely true. Uh, The program, the court said, called for apprehending foreign nationals suspected of terrorism and secretly transferring them to other countries to employ interrogation methods that would otherwise have been prohibited under federal or international law. The plaintiff sued Jepson Dataplan, a California-based subsidiary of Boeing, which they accused of providing the aircraft and logistical support to the alleged rendition program. First, the Bush administration, then the Obama administration, urged the courts to toss the case based on the state secrets privilege. Then CIA Director Michael Hayden said the lawsuit threatened to impose exceptionally grave damage to U.S. national security, an assertion later backed by genital holder. 
That's kind of funny. A genital holder. Anyway, <laughs> whether or not Jeppesen provided log- logistical support in connection with the extraordinary rendition and interrogation programs, there is l- precious little Jeppesen could say about its relevant conduct and knowledge without revealing information about how the United States government does or does not conduct covert operations, the majority of the San Francisco-based court, uh, appeals court noted. In dissent, Judge Michael Daly Hawkins wrote that the majority dismissed the case prematurely before Jepson has even filed to answer the plaintiff's complaint. The plaintiffs, Hawkins wrote for the minority, should be given the chance to prove their case without classified information, blah 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 So there you go. There is an example of a recent use of the state secrets privilege, and according to the story, it's been being used more often ever since it was first invoked back in the 1950s. And the claim is that, well, don't worry, we're only going to use it on the most ex- important of cases. Trust us. We're your federal government and we have your best interests in mind. Who's looking out for you, Americans? Right. Well, you know, um, this uh, the, the Glenn Greenwald article goes on. I think there's a couple of good quotes here that I'd, I'd, oh, like, to, do share. I'd like to get, uh, get out. It says... Um, if the president has the power to order American citizens killed with no due process and to do so in such complete secrecy that no courts can even review his decision, then what doesn't he have the power to do? Not a damn Just thing. Just for the moment, I'll note the New York Times' Charlie Savage two weeks ago wrote about the possibility Obama might raise this argument and quoted the far right Bush-supporting executive power revering lawyer David uh, Revkin as uh, follows the... Government's increasing use of state secrets doctrine to shield its actions from judicial review has been contentious. Some officials have argued that invoking it in the Aliki matter, which uh, so many have already um, is already so much is already public, would risk a backlash. David Rivkin, a lawyer in the White House of uh, President Bush, echoed the concern. I'm a huge fan of executive power. (laughs) But if someone came up to you and said the government wants to target you and you can't even talk about it in court or try to stop it, that's too harsh even for me, he said. Having debated um, debated him before, I genuinely didn't think it was possible for any president to conduct um, to concoct an assertion of executive power and secrecy that would be excessive and alarming to David Revkin. <laughs> but Barack Obama managed to do that too. Obama's now asserting Please. a power so radical, the right to kill American citizens, to do so in total secrecy beyond even the reach of the courts. That it's too harsh even for one of the most far-right war-on-terror cheerleading lawyers in the nation. You know, it wouldn't be too harsh if it was Bush still in the office. No, no, it wouldn't. They'd figure out a reason why it's okay. Just the reason, the same way that the, the lawyers working for the Obama administration don't care what's right or wrong. They're not looking at this like, what if it was you and what if it was me? They're looking at like this, well, look, I work for the president. The president says he wants to kill mofos if he feels like The it. president is God. And I have to figure out how he does it. Mm. I mean, these people are completely devoid of a, of moral of morals. They simply don't have them. They, I mean, and these uh, people are driving around with Obama and 08 stickers still on their cars right? as if this guy is some kind of good person. Just give him I've a chance. I've seen them day just, after day. Just give him a chance. I have. Just give and him a he chance. wants to kill you he without a trial. Time. He needs more time. More, tri- more time to kill Secrets. more people he'll without only, trials? He'll only kill the bad guys. That's, okay. that's What if he, he makes knows. mistakes? He knows. He How could knows. he possibly know? He is God. Isn't that what the court system is there for? Is to be able to figure out how uh, who's guilty and who isn't? 
He has been selected by Jesus Christ. He must have been. And has uh, been but given the power A lot of the people of, that voted for Obama driving around with these stickers on don't believe in Jesus Christ. He is a seer. He is able to see <laughs> who the bad guys are. He just has to look at them. Or just look at a report about them. I mean, because they're never going to put the bad guy in front of Obama, so they'll just give him a report and they'll say, look, we think these guys are bad. And he'll say, go ahead, execute them, because I know what's best. I am the Almighty One, the decider, as George Bush would have said. This is the uh, the constitutional scholar that we elected, by the way, to president. Hmm. 800-259-9231. Well, the courts are backing him up, so they must it must be constitutional, Right. It's Free Talk Live. You take control. 800-259-9231. Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up anything. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80-plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features we've got there for you. They're totally free. Features uh, like our wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. Wiki.freetalklive.com. And if you want to help support this program, there are a few different ways you can do that. One of those is by going to promote.freetalklive.com. You'll find a list of things that you can do to get Free Talk Live on more radio stations around the country, bring more Internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. So head over uh, to promote.freetalklive.com. You know, I just talked to uh, the, the principal at SACL CAI, Jason Osborne, today, and they're, they're getting ready for their move here and uh, to the, the free state, or what we're calling the free state. It's not free yet, but not even we're close. hoping soon. And uh, the more people that move, the that believe in liberty, the closer it's going to get. So um, if you want to find out more about SACL CAI, go to see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page. All right, let's go to your phone calls. You bring up what you want. Dylan is in Arizona on the amp lines. Hello, Dylan. Yeah, I'm here. Here you are. What's on your mind tonight? Yeah, well, I was listening to the podcast uh, today. Uh, you know, I'm always a little bit behind, but I was listening to your conversation with uh, – with Wes Bertrand about voting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I, I got to say, I have a little bit of a problem with his position, and I, I think, you know, it, it seems to me like it, there's a lot of people in this movement have, that have the same position, and it, it amounts to me as a sort of opportunity for them to uh, demonstrate their libertarian bona fides like they're they're more principled than thou and it's sort of frustrating to me because uh you know i I have no love for the state and i certainly don't want to legitimize it but if the state gives me an opportunity uh to afford myself more liberty like you know i I don't have any illusions that the state is going to disappear entirely in my lifetime i mean I'll, i'll work toward that end but it's not going to shrivel up and die in the next uh, 
30 years. So if it affords us an opportunity through its own mechanisms to, to, to dial it back a bit, you know, to, to gain a little bit of freedom, uh, and, you know, they generally – not always, but they they sort of abide by their own rules. So if they if they put this, oh, I don't know. I hate to say that because they don't really do that. But no, but, they, they don't. like to when appear comes, as right. if they yeah. they abide by their own rules. They have to have an illusion of legitimacy, and that's part of what the voting process is. Right, but but if you can get them to to put down on the books uh, a change in the law that effectively affords you more liberty, then there's no reason not to 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 give your assent I agree. to that. I, I agree completely, I, 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 and I think that I think you're right. I think that the the anti-voting crowd is definitely coming from a you know I'm more principled than you are perspective. And well, I think that I I think a lot of them started at the point what you know voting seems really pointless to me. And I agree with them on in that. In most places, that's a true yeah, statement. Well, I think that it's it's true in a lot of places. What you need to do is look at the numbers. Are, are you talking about something where 200 people are voting, 2,000 people are voting, 200,000 people are voting? I mean, it's, it all depends on how many people are voting as to how much sense your vote makes. Right. And up here in New Hampshire, it's a completely different story than in many places around this country. The, here, it actually can make a difference. I mean, we already have a handful of folks that would be considered free staters that have been elected to the New Hampshire State Legislature, one of them passed a bill that has repealed all of the regulations on what kind of knives one can carry in New Hampshire. That's an that's an increase in freedom, and I, you know, I'm surprised to see it happening this soon. Honestly, it, it, it's possible here in New Hampshire. Well, well, here here in Arizona, we just we just had uh, the government uh, further deregulate the carrying of firearms. We have uh, a, a, like a Vermont style deal where you don't have to have a permit to carry concealed. This is happening across uh, the nation with weapons. I mean, but, you know, all over gun rights are increasing and I think that this that New Ham- the New Hampshire law likely will, will be the beginning of a wave of repeals for knife rights too. I'll tell you what though, the, the, what we have now uh coming down in the in November for here in the state of Arizona uh is a proposition that is, is essentially nullification. It, it's an attempt to nullify Obamacare. It's uh, Proposition 106. Uh, you know, some of the newspapers, including the one that I work for, has come out against this proposition. At least the editorial staff has, anyway. Uh, but if this law passes, it will allow uh, Arizona Arizonans, individuals who reside here in this state, to opt out of the federal government's uh, health care regime, which I think is a good thing. And, and I think it's likely to pass, but, uh, you know, I, I'm a person who I'm registered to vote. Uh, I was registered to vote as a Republican only so that I could vote for Ron Paul. Prior to that, I was a libertarian. But uh, since Ron Paul's campaign passed uh, and that opportunity is gone, I changed my registration to independent here in Arizona that's, uh, that's NPD, actually. It's called No Party Designated. Mm-hmm. But I still get to vote. I can vote in the, in the primaries and whatnot and i, I right. haven't primary of, of whose primary the uh, uh so you can I, pick you pick the which party you want to vote in right i just 
okay. I, I can go in and just pick a ballot. I that's see. how they do it here in uh, New Hampshire. They've got the undeclared segment, and then you can just walk in and, and choose a ballot, and then you can undeclare after you're done. So it sounds very uh, very familiar. But So it's not like voting yeah, does very doing. much, but it can have the potential for doing something on a more local level. And why leave it alone? Why ignore that? Well, here here in Arizona, this is what I wanted to say with regard to what Wes was saying. Like uh, He was saying that... Uh, you know, registering and voting lends some legitimacy legitimacy to the system. I, I don't really buy that argument because I think that, you know, it, I, I liken it to a mugging, right? If somebody, uh, if you're walking down the street and a guy pops out of an alley and a gun at you and says, give me your wallet, and you hand him, you know, your wallet and he says, all right, uh, I'll just take the cash and give you the wallet back. Or I can just take the wallet. Are you going to say, well, you know, I'm principally opposed to what you're doing, so I don't care what you decide to do. Mm -hmm. So then the guy's going to run off with your wallet, and he's going to run up your credit cards. Well, you have the opportunity to say, actually, take the cash and give me my wallet back. Like, you would be stupid not to do that. And and I'm not saying that it's it's a really good analogy. I mean, you, you only sort of have a... I think it holds up. It makes sense to me. But, but you know, if you, if you have an opportunity in this uh, transaction, which is a forcible transaction, it's not one that you would voluntarily sign up for, but, but there's an opportunity to, to push it in a direction that is less harmful to you, I just don't understand why why you wouldn't take that opportunity and it just has something to do why they wouldn't do it has something to do with their total distaste for the the political system and their disinterest in uh, being involved in it right right i understand that but uh, but does it make you i mean i guess are you setting yourself up to be a martyr like are you that much more principled if the guy says oh well since you have no opinion one way or the other i'm not just going to take your money and your wallet but i'm going to shoot you like I think, to some extent, it comes from it, to some extent it comes from sort of the, the national um, debate on politics. I, I, on the on, on the Republican Liberty Caucus uh, New Hampshire email list that I'm on, they're debating whether or not to vote for this particular uh, you know terrible politician who happens to have an R next to his name because it would increase the uh, the you know the amount of Republicans in the U.S. House. And to me, it's like who cares? Because you know. Uh, I know what it's like to have a bunch of Republicans in the U.S. House, the U.S. Senate, and the uh, the White House. We had that four stinking years ago. I know what the results are, but you know, and I feel like a lot of these guys are sort of of the opinion: Look, you're going to grow the you're going to grow the government six uh, one way or half a dozen the other way. What difference does it make? Why would you want to uh, you know impose that kind of tyranny on somebody? And I agree with that. Right, but. You know, the, when it, when you get down to the very unlikely instance that you have somebody who's actually for liberty out there, which we have here in New Hampshire, and you, the or uh, you know some kind of ballot measure that's actually for liberty out there, it seems to me that those are the things that you can do something about. Yeah, Dylan, any final thoughts? Wait, wait, wait. You might get gridlock. That's another thing that you got to you got to consider. You if you have a Democratic president and a Republican. Congress, you might get gridlock, and and then nothing happens. And the best thing that well, that's can do that's not true. When has nothing ever happened at well, the federal government level? Is the- 
Yeah, I don't know about that. Maybe uh, the, the government still, shut down during the Clinton administration. That ain't worth it for me to vote for a uh, an evil person. I can't. I can't bring myself to do that. And plus, you don't know how to get to get gridlock. How yeah. do you guess what's going to make gridlock? You don't. you don't. Thanks, Dylan. Appreciate it. Uh, hour number three on the way. You take control of the airwaves and bring out whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. John Dennis, an accomplished businessman and entrepreneur, has been a pro-liberty Republican for a quarter century. He's the new face of a new Republican Party, and he's running for congressman of California's 8th District. I'm John Dennis, and I support drastically cutting both taxes and spending, which will help repair our devastated economy. Abolishing spendthrift governmental money pits that fail to produce the desired results. Bringing our troops home to defend our country, not policing other countries around the world. And a return to personal responsibility self-ownership, and freedom of choice for all Americans. Something John doesn't approve of? Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> it's time for the Wicked Witch of the West to go away. Wipe the slate clean in California's 8th District in Washington in one blow. Contribute to the John Dennis for 2010 campaign at johndennis2010.com. I'm John Dennis, and I approve this ad. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program, and you can bring up whatever you want. Dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. At 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And enjoy the features on that site for free. So head on over there, uh, freetalklive.com. Main feature allows you, the listener, to control the content of the site. You submit stuff to it. Other listeners vote on what you submit. And then the most voted up make it to the front page, and meaning more people are likely, uh, likely to see it, talk about it, and we're more likely to talk about it on the air. So get on over and get interactive at freetalklive.com. You can uh, bring up anything here. Mark, did you want to make a correction or a clarification about what you were discussing in the last hour there well, at the I very just, end? I, I kind of wanted to bring up the, the gridlock thing. Um, you know, Many people say, you know, vote for gridlock in Washington. And I, I'm for that. Um, I just don't think that it's a very easy thing to... You to, can't vote for gridlock. Right, because you don't know because there's going to be, what, uh, 200 House seats up. There's going to be 30 or so Senate seats up. They're all voted for at the same time. You don't get a chance to uh, hold back and say, okay, well, these guys won here, yeah. so this is what I can do in order to make gridlock more so here or there. It presumes you would have the finger on the pulse of what the voting results would be. Yeah, and it's it's very difficult. It's possible. I mean, they're getting better and better at uh, at, at looking at these things as to who's going to win and who's not. And I'm all for gridlock in Washington. I just don't think it's very easy. I think it, you can kind of vote against the, the president, and that's about the best you can do. So if you've got a... But then what do you do? How do you vote for gridlock in the year that the president is being selected. So, for instance, once George W. Bush had done his eight years, how do you vote for gridlock in 2008? Also, if you're voting for gridlock, then you can't really vote for any principled candidates that might happen to be available in your area. I mean, if, if you've got somebody that's On a running... national level, principled candidates... They're not very common. I mean, I, I you know, there's certainly John Dennis. Uh, I would Ron vote Paul. for if Dr. Mary Ruart were running uh, for president. I would vote for her, and I certainly would As not vote for a Republican or a Democrat. Mm. So it's, it's all very 
convoluted. Yeah, I, I, th- I tend to think it's totally a waste of time at the at the federal level anyway, regardless of uh, what you decide to do. And I just couldn't bring myself to vote for somebody who was evil. I just couldn't do it. So uh, but I agree with you, Mark, that voting for, a, you know, a local uh, issue of some sort, that makes sense. You know, where you can stop the government from getting larger. Usually that's all you can do in those votes. It's very rare that there will be some sort of like uh, ballot measure that actually reduces the size of government. Out in California, they do have the opportunity to vote for uh, total marijuana legalization. And I think that's I think that's something that's worth voting for. Uh, but usually it's the proposals are to increase the size of government. So a vote in that case only just keeps the status quo. But again, that's better than nothing. And uh, and if you if you're here in New Hampshire where you actually have principled liberty minded people that are running for state offices, then voting for them actually does have the possibility of of influence uh, influencing positive smaller government change in the future. I mean that's it's a proven fact at this point. And I, that was one of the things I'd asked for when I moved up here was like, all right, you political guys, because I had flirted with the idea of of not participating. Uh, and I said, look, you guys prove your case, prove that you can actually do something with this political system. They've proven it. If, so. if it's good enough for you, I'm glad. I mean, I, I'd like to see more done. Um, well, obviously, but it's just the very beginning. I mean, only in 2008, there were only a handful of free staters that were even qualified to run right. uh, because they had been here for two years. You have to be here for two years in New Hampshire before you can uh, technically run for the state house uh, representative seats. Now, in 2010, there are more people that are qualified to run, and they are running. And we'll see more in another two years. And so it's, you know, it's coming along. The political system is a slow moving entity, uh, but it's uh, yeah, at least here in New Hampshire, you can say that there's some signs, at least, yeah. that things are going in the right direction. To me, that, that's that's what I'm looking for. Is, is and just, there were no signs in Florida. No, none. <laughs> none. There's no signs where you live either. Yeah, probably not. So get on up here. Join the Free State Project. Go to freestateproject.org. Get signed up over there. Join the over 10,000 people that have pledged to make the move here to New Hampshire. Hundreds of them have already made that move. Mark and myself are just two of those hundreds. And uh, so it's, it's a blast. There's all kinds of folks coming up here. And the sooner you can get here, the better. Because the sooner you can get here, the sooner you can plug into whatever kind of activism it is that suits you. Whether it's you know working uh, in politics or doing some, some outside the system stuff. Head on over here, uh, go to free, uh, freestateproject.org to learn more. All right, so the toll-free number here tonight, 800-259-9231. Let's talk a little bit about activism, uh, a little bit more about what happens to activists. And I imagine this is going to happen to some people up here in New Hampshire, but hopefully not as often. Burnout is uh, specifically the issue. And it's been a while since we've really discussed burnout on this program because, well... It's hard to burn out up here in New Hampshire. In, in New Hampshire, you've got... There's hope. <laughs> there's hope, number one. Burnout uh, is uh, essentially a lack of, of hope. Um, you know, it's frustration. You don't, you don't see, yeah, frustration. You don't see things moving forward. You've uh, put a lot of effort in. You haven't gotten anything out. Yeah. That kind of thing. And I've experienced it. I know what it's like. Uh, yeah, I experienced it when I was down in Florida, and I put a lot of effort in down there, and yeah. Didn't really reap very much uh, for for the efforts that I'd put in, and I just basically got sick and tired of of, of doing a lot of it. I didn't ever check out entirely. I still kind of helped out. I just didn't really lead the way uh, down there. Having been somebody who put my money and my time into activism, I would buy like the booth at the uh, the county fair, Sarasota County Fair. One year, I paid for that all out right. of my own account. And, right. I mean, uh, there were some people that would get together for lunch at Bennigan's or whatever for the Libertarian yeah. Party, and that would be about the sum total of their level of involvement with the Libertarian Party. Well, and most you, of those folks, on the I other could, hand, I could get 
to do something if well, I they would might start man doing the booth. It. Right. They would man the booth with me. Right. But, so. you know, I mean, I, th- I think I came and helped you with a booth one time. But, you know, getting me to show up was like pulling teeth. I had yeah. no interest in doing it. Yeah, it was difficult. There wasn't there it was wasn't it was, you know, you have this sort of um, natural understanding of the marketplace that you're not going to really do anything if you go out and do whatever this activism is. It's not going to achieve anything. So you just don't end up going and doing these things very often. So I've been there. I've uh, felt the frustration, and uh, I want to share with you a story, a piece by Jet Lacey over at freedomsphoenix.com. Now, Jet and I had been talking uh, recently, and we've been talking about getting him his – I guess he occasionally fills in for Ernie Hancock over on Declare Your Independence, which typically airs on LRN.FM in the afternoons right before Free Talk Live, although today were there, there were some technical difficulties. But I was talking with Jet about bringing him on board and getting him his own show because – I think the guys, you know, he's he had a lot of energy and uh, he's uh, he was good on the radio. He was good filling in for Ernie and it fell through. And I think this article might have something to do with why. Titled Libertarianism is an elusive dream that contradicts human nature. Starts with a quote from Ayn Rand, quote, we can evade reality, but we cannot evade the consequences of evading reality, unquote. Jet says, I wish I was wrong, but I'm convinced. John Adams said that the revolution was in the minds and hearts of the people, a change in their sentiments of their duties and obligations. It is this same spiritual process I'm going through with the liberty-slash-anarchist-slash-agorist-slash-voluntarist movement. The best analogy I can think of is that it's like a girlfriend you're wildly attracted to, and you're even interested in the same sorts of things. But in your heart of hearts, you know the relationship is deleterious, that it's somehow holding you back. Someone once said to me, Judge the relationships in your life as though the negative and the positive aspects are placed upon a set of scales. If the positives outweigh the negatives, it's worth maintaining. If not, then it isn't. The fact is, while the freedom movement remains extremely attractive to me, I've come to realize that it is malignantly, as malignantly dysfunctional as the aforementioned girlfriend, and at this point, the negatives outweigh the positives. As I stepped back to contemplate my future, I began to think about how the various sects within the freedom movement are simply too sanctimonious and fractious to garner any real change. And despite what anyone says to the contrary, what freedom fighters seek is a paradigm shift in political power from the hands of a few back to where it rightfully belongs with the individual. However, as unfortunate as it is, I'm starting to think that Mao Zedong was correct when he said that political power grows out of the barrel of a gun. If you believe in the principles of individual liberty, as I do, Chairman Mao was wrong in believing that might is right. But in one way, he was correct because it is the way the world is. Might is is a reality. And always has been. So the question is, when the time comes that I feel physically threatened by the jackboots, will I rise up and fight or will I choose to remove myself from the situation, at least until it is impossible to do so any longer? The answer is, I don't know. But when that day arrives, that's when I'll make my fight-or-flight decision. Suffice it to say, I will prepare for the eventuality as much as possible. But we've got more here from uh, Jet Lacey over at Freedoms Phoenix as to why he's getting pretty burnt out on the activist movement. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Have you ever experienced burnout? Did you come back from it? Why? So, you want to move to New Hampshire for liberty? nhmove.info has articles, links, and activism alerts to help you decide exactly where and how to make your move. Even job listings. Browse the inventory of Liberty blogs, sites, and media, or promote your own efforts, all free, at nhmove.info. If you're moving to New Hampshire, you better go now and bookmark 
nhmove.info. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to bring up whatever you want. Dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com where we've got a bunch of features and we give them to you free, including our webcam. You can watch, you can listen, you can interact because our chat room is built into the same page. So do all of that and do it for free at cam.freetalklive.com. Enjoy cam.freetalklive.com and you can enjoy it for free thanks to memorydealers.com. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. They offer the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, XFPs, GBICs, ZenPaks, and X2s that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off of list price. That's right. It's up to 99% off of list price for optical transceivers at MemoryDealers.com. All right. So uh, you can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. We're talking about a story, an opinion piece, I guess, uh, out of FreedomsPhoenix.com by Jet Lacey. He has been known to fill in for Ernie Hancock over on Declare Your Independence. But after having uh, – we're halfway through it here, actually a little more than halfway through – after reading this, I'm not sure if he's going to be filling in for Ernie anymore because he sounds like he's pretty fed up uh, with the activism movement. This happens to to everybody at some uh, – most people at some point who are active in the liberty movement. Sure especially ones that aren't up here in New Hampshire. And the more active you are, the more likely it is to happen. It, if you're just somebody who dabbles and occasionally goes to a meeting, eh, uh, that there's not much to burn out on. You can spin your wheels a little. You yeah. can spin your wheels a lot. And the more you spin your wheels, the more likely you are to get burned out. So he's talking about his frustration with uh, what he calls the fractious nature of the liberty movement, and certainly I can see where he's coming from on that. I mean, we've we've had uh, well, the fact that there's a fractious nature in the liberty movement is good news. Means it's big enough to be fractious. It's, right. It means that enough people are thinking about these things and care about these things that uh, that they disagree on that how they to disagree. It. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. That's a great point, Mark, uh, that uh, now the movement is large enough to be going off in different directions. And that's okay. We've seen that being successful up here in New Hampshire, uh, where in the very beginning, uh, of course, here we're here for the Free State Project. We made the move four years ago. And, and four years ago, there was no freekeen.com. There was no freegrafton.com. There was no you know free uh, Nashua. There was no, none of these newer sites that have, uh, have come online. Freekeen's been around for a few years. It came on shortly after we arrived here but uh in general there were just there was there was nhfree.com uh the new hampshire underground there was uh, one rep in the uh the new hampshire house now there are six four. well there's four actual free staters and then two that are friends of the free state project i see and uh so in the very beginning there whole, there wasn't a lot of uh, places for people to go and, and meet up with the with community people had to uh, they, if if somebody new was showing up and folks wanted to help them unload their U-Haul, for instance, they would have to come from uh, far away in order to help out. Now there are enough people in every area of the state, pretty much, that you don't have to drive as far to. You've got more of a community of activists in each area of the state because, well, we've had enough people move here to make that possible. But one of the, my examples here of uh, of this fractious nature was the nhfree.com forums 
It used to be the go-to location for all things activism within uh, within New Hampshire, within this movement. And then after a little while, some people decided that it wasn't enough, that, that it wasn't serving their needs enough, that they wanted to have their own forum, for instance. So we broke off and we did the, the Free Keen Forum. Uh, there's also the the NHT Party, which, by the way, came before the Tea Party movement. They're, they always point that out over there. They had the name first. Uh, and there was, uh, let's see, there's something else, too, that I think that popped off. Oh, the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, I think, kind of you know created their own thing. So now there's like four or five different forums uh, that people can go into. And the, the New Hampshire uh, Republican Liberty Caucus has gotten much bigger and much more, uh, you know, things are going on there. It's really an email list because they don't want folks that shouldn't be seeing stuff, seeing stuff. But, um, you know, it's uh, it, much busier than it used to be. So some people would have complained in the beginning, like, hey, you can't break, break off. It's going to make our website less popular. And maybe it's true. Maybe there aren't as many people using NHFree.com today, but there are more people using all of the sites in aggregate because the different sites serve different people's needs in, in different ways. And that's okay. That's all right. Anyway, back to Jet Lacey and, and what he has to say and why he's frustrated. So he says that uh, this is my grain in the sands of time, and the truth is I need to bring more joy into my life. I'm in my prime, and yet I'm beginning to feel like I'm wasting it, pissing it away on some fool's errand. Am I really making the best use of my time on Earth by advocating freedom for 300 million angry cowards? Life is about the journey itself, the divine struggle that is the human condition. There's no destination, only a journey of learning and self-discovery. One of the things I've come to understand is that true libertarianism is a state of enlightened being that is unattainable by most people, either by nature or by nurture. As we've evolved, we have become far more intelligent, but we are no more enlightened. We remain wretched, self-absorbed, and easily manipulated slaves because we are intrinsically motivated by our animal desires. And although we are creatures who can survive in the most hostile environments as a result of that innate selfishness, we know better. It is the knowledge and ability we have to meet our needs without predating upon others that separates us from mere animals. In most cases, we simply choose not to. Once we reach Erickson's early childhood developmental stage, we realize that taking from others is wrong because it hurts when it happens to us. Knowing right from wrong is the definition of conscience, and each time we ignore what our conscience tells us, the path toward our own enlightenment grows a little longer. The bitch of it is, on this plane of existence, we are also bound by the laws of physics, and one of those laws is the path of least resistance. In this context, it is often easier to take what we need from another than it is to provide it for ourselves. The duality of knowing right from wrong, coupled with our selfishness and the tendency to take the path of least resistance, is a cruel paradox, and I believe that finding solutions to the paradox is, or at least it should be, a primary directive of Homo sapiens." It is these realities that make libertarianism the dream that it is and nothing more. As human beings, we are failing in the quest for enlightenment as miserably now as we ever have. So to my peers in the freedom movement, please don't think I'm turning my back on you. It's just that, for right now, my chosen path to create a better world for me and my family is diverging from the movements. But please don't think that I regret this time we've spent shoulder to shoulder for a single minute. I've grown so much from my experiences and I've got nothing but love in my heart. And finally, even though this is the equivalent of a Dear John letter, can we still have a booty call for freedom now and again? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so um, I, a couple of things I've got to say to Jet and anybody who's experiencing this sort of uh, libertarian burnout, I guess, burnouts of, uh, of, of other sorts, I, I don't know. 
Um, the the human existence, looking at uh, the the agrarian culture where it was uh, beneficial to basically enslave people to get what you wanted from them, and which is working the uh, the these farms in order to be able to uh, live off of their labor, owning people like livestock. Before that, it really didn't make as much sense um, in a sort of tribal culture, like hunter gatherer sense, to really own people. But when you could really put them to work, that's when it started to make some sense. So since then, what you've been seeing is a movement towards more liberty for sort of the 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 the, the populace, the ones that uh, have been owned by other people. And if you're a citizen of the United States or a citizen of any other country, you're owned by that country. You you may not choose to believe that, but it's true. So we're on a path towards more liberty. Also, it's a slow path, indeed. Though, isn't it? But things have changed, <laughs> and uh, yeah, technology I want you to come back increases. To that. Come back to that thought here in a moment, Mark. Eight hundred two five nine. 9231 you if you've got uh, thoughts are welcome to share them at 800-259-9231 especially if you've uh, been burned out before you know what it's like what was your story if you want to share it you're welcome to 800-259-9231 or bring up anything at all this is free talk live MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpaks, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com Whatever's on your mind, if you dial in toll-free, the number brought to you by SACL CAI, that is 800-259-9231. We call this program Free Talk Live because, well, you're allowed to take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231, and we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. There's all kinds of interactivity. Uh, You can enjoy our webcam, our chat room, our archives, the wiki, all of that stuff. It's all free over at freetalklive.com. Dot com. Have you ever considered taking your case to court without an attorney? Jurisdictionary.com is a course for people without a lawyer must know what it takes to win and for people with lawyers that want to minimize legal, legal fees and maximize winning by knowing what should be done. It works for plaintiffs or defendants. It costs less than an hour with any good lawyer, and it is so easy the average eighth grader could go through the complete four-CD course in a single weekend. You can get it at Jurisdictionary.com. All right, so uh, we continue here. Mark, you were commenting on a piece, piece from Jet Lacey over at freedomsphoenix.com. Jet was uh, somebody who, from my understanding, was pretty fired up about liberty. He was active with Ernie Hancock and the rest of the Freedoms Phoenix crew down there. I think he mentioned to me that he lives just like a mile or half a mile away from the Freedoms Phoenix uh, Center, where they have this activist center where people mm-hmm. can go in and get all kinds of stuff done, like burning CDs and making T-shirts and yeah, whatever. He's got a radio studio in there, a television studio. I mean, it's it's amazing what they've what they've set up down there. And so Jet was heavily involved in the Freedoms Phoenix movement, even filling in for Ernie Hancock on Declare Your Independence. And he's uh, he's frustrated. He's ready to throw in the towel here. And Mark, you were making some uh, some comments before we went to break. Well, just just my uh, my thoughts on liberty, because uh, you know one of the statements here is is that uh, essentially slavery is a human condition, 
and that um, you know the path of least resistance is the one that people are going to take. The path of least resistance, it's clear, is to force the, your fellow man to do what you want them to do if you can manage to do so. And that's what government is. Government is the, the institutionalized monopoly on the use of force. Um, and, and you can, by the way, go look up uh, Barack Obama, use of uh, monopoly on violence, and uh, you can hear him say the same thing. What essentially sets a nation state apart, which is the monopoly on, on violence. What essentially sets a nation state apart, which is the monopoly on, on violence. That one? That's the one. So, um, you know, that that much is it's all true. Like those those things are true statements. However, what's been happening over time is people's morals have been catching up to them and they've been less likely to handle slavery. And it's my point and my belief that citizenship in you know world countries today is is slavery. It's a nicer form of slavery. It's kind of like a free range slavery. You can go even go to other slave countries if you want. Um, if you know, you have to have masters. master's permission, though. Yeah, you could go yeah. over and, and and you know change your citizenship if that's what you wish to do, because they know that uh, that that their free range system is productive, and they with stability and productivity, people will want to come there and the work. slaves that are the most productive are those who believe they're actually free. Yes, indeed, those are the ones. So. Um, I can see why there's a certain level of frustration. This happened for uh, for you, Ian, far more so than me. I didn't see any hope for liberty, but I wasn't, you know, out there as active as you and and Jet Lacey uh, were because I didn't see much point in being active um, in Sarasota, Florida, where I saw no hope for liberty. But I must point out that uh, moving to New Hampshire changed that for me. But if you're sort of looking at this on the aggregate. The fact is, um, people have been. We've been moving towards more freedom, and technology is changing over time. What's the What's the uh, the law that computer technology uh, doubles every what eighteen Ooh. months, fifteen months, something like that? It's I should Moore's know law. It. I should know. It's not Moore's law. Okay. Well, anyway, it's, someone will send us the information. Right. We'll, we'll get. I'll get it through an IM <laughs> here in just a second. But it. Uh, the The fact is that you know computer technology increasing all the time, internet technology mm-hmm. increasing all the time. Uh, communication, which is the foundation really for all of this stuff, is increasing all the time. People are getting together and they're getting to the point where they're saying, you know, I need a higher level of customer service from my government. I'm not getting it and I want more. And yeah, admittedly, they're not picking up uh, pitchforks and and AK-47s or refusing to pay their taxes or whatever it is that you hope that they'll do today. But they are that 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 meme is getting propagated. People want more freedoms for themselves. They want more freedoms for other people. They recognize, and here's the the crux of it all. They recognize other people. It's called Moore's law. It um, is Moore's. Uh, How about uh, that? It, they they consider other people to be human because this wasn't going on a hundred years ago, a thousand years ago, ten thousand years ago. They didn't look at other humans as like themselves. They looked at them like. Well, you know, what can I get out of this situation? And, uh, you know, very much like, like livestock. So you could you would find situations where people didn't have a problem torturing other people and things like that. Certainly it goes on today, but it's getting less and, and less so. We're moving towards liberty. I wish it was faster. Oh, boy. If you want it to be faster, you have to think about what makes sense. What What is going to get you there? What's most expeditious? Yes. For me, the answer has been the Free State Project. 
I think that most people agree that it's the best idea. They just don't want to pick up and move if they've got. It's easier to stay where you are. Yeah, you've got a job, you've got a family. uh, You know, your parents are around. Whatever it is Mm -hmm. that you've got where you are, that's fine. Um, Some people will try to argue against the concept of the Free State Project. I, I think, oh, I, I never quite get those arguments. We need fifty Free State Projects. Yeah, well, that's because they want to stay near mom or the job, whatever, or whatever it is. And those things are fine. Yeah, those things are fine. I, the beach, I don't quite understand that. You really got to like the beach. <laughs> I mean, but then again, I don't Some understand do. why people would want to move to New Hampshire for the beautiful uh, foliage and, and the seasons and things like that either. Nature, it doesn't do it for me. Sometimes it catches me off guard. I certainly do love to go hiking here. Never went hiking in Florida. But to me, the Free State Project is really the only solution for the ideas of liberty. Yeah, I, I totally agree, and I totally understand where Jet is coming from here, and especially, I uh, would love to hear your your story if you've got one to share at 800-259-9231, uh, because I've been through it, I've been through the uh, the burnout, and I, don't, I can't say for sure I won't burn out again, uh, I can't say that for sure, but I think that it's less likely up here. Because there's always somebody new coming into the movement. There's there's always something fresh happening here. Whereas when I was down south, it was just the same old crew. I mean, it, I'm just trying to think. When I started in like around the year 2000 down in really getting involved in activism, it was during the Harry Brown campaign was when I really got involved. We, we created the Sarasota Libertarian Party uh, at that time. It had been created in the past in the 1990s, and then I guess everybody burned out and it went away, and then we brought it back for the, the Harry Brown campaign, and it kind of kept going, and then after I left in 2006, it went away again. Um, and I'm just trying to think that I don't think that the, the makeup, the makeup of the individuals who were most likely to attend a meeting or an activist event significantly changed in any way in the six years that I was heavily I was probably involved heavily for four or five years in the six years that I was involved in general. I can't really think of any real new faces that really showed up on the scene, with one exception. Uh, Yeah, when I started the Free State Project local group, when I got involved in the Free State Project, I got excited about New Hampshire and I wanted to get together with other people that were also excited about the Free State Project in the area, see who they were, meet up with them, that kind of thing, to have at least some idea of who's moving before I move. So I started the the local group down there, and that meant that I got the the list of the names of the people that were in the Free State Project in the Sarasota County and the surrounding counties. And right. I I, I uh, spent some time tracking down phone numbers that they didn't have, and you know did reverse lookups, trying to get in touch with all these people. Most of them I wasn't able to get in touch with because name and information stuff changes over time. People move. They don't update their files, that sort of thing. And then then some folks didn't even remember signing up because it had been so long since they'd signed up. So there were some problems uh, with with the names as as they were. But – there was one guy that I did uncover who really became, you know, active after uh, after I uncovered him. I I called him up. He at first didn't recall signing up for the Free State Project. Then when I jogged his memory about what it was, he remembered what it was, and he he kind of just came out of his shell and he came out and started coming to uh, meetings and he got involved in the Libertarian Party and I think was even vice chair of the party for uh, for a short time. Uh, but aside from like just a couple of success stories. Despite all the outreach and all of the effort and all of the money and the time that I that I poured into uh, that movement, not not 
you know, the, the numbers didn't increase of the activists in any significant fashion. And by the way, the ones that I found that were great are here in New Hampshire now. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Dial in via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Just enough time here in the show remaining for your calls, if you make it now. 800-259-9231. Inviting you to our website, freetalklive.com. Become an amplifier for as little as three bucks a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations around the country. Should be announcing the return of one of our former stations coming soon. I can't say more than that. I don't even know what we're talking about. They haven't started yet, uh, but it's going to be good. We're going to be back on six nights a week, so that's cool. And it's all because of the Free Talk Live amplifiers making it possible. That particular station needed a piece of hardware in order to make it possible for them to take the show. And so we bought it for them. You bought it for him if you're a Free Talk Live amplifier. Your three bucks a month was uh, put into a $1,000 satellite receiver to bring a, a radio station on board. It's not, it's not a cheap thing necessarily to bring new stations on board to this program, and the Free Talk Live amplifiers make it possible. You guys make it happen for us. And you get perks. You get access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only forum, AMP-only podcast, which is a podcast that is the podcast of the show without the usual podcast commercials. So you get some perks, and you help us out. Amp.freetalklive.com. Sign up with any major credit card. PayPal, some alternative options as well. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Oh, by the way, Mark, uh, we are going to be in Los Angeles coming up here in just over a week. Yeah. So uh, Thursday the 14th, we're going to head out there. We're going to a talk radio convention, going to schmooze it up with the big wigs of the talk radio industry and you know, enjoy ourselves there as much as we can. Uh, and who knows? Maybe we'll make a maybe we'll make a deal with somebody while we're there. Get a new station. That doesn't usually happen. It's usually just like a, a be seen kind of an event, just yeah. a who's who. Uh, I know that our, our program director from our uh, Huntsville affiliate is going to be in attendance, so it'll be something useful to uh, to get to know our current affiliates as well a little bit too. And that's always you got to do these valuable. things, you know. Yeah, yeah it's important. It's important uh, to to be seen in the business, and it's the Free Talk Live amplifiers that send us to events like this. We went to the Talkers Magazine uh, convention that happened earlier this year. We'll go to that again next year that's the one we go to every year this one this is a new event uh it's it's being put on by the same guys that did an event that used to exist and then radio and records magazine went away it's one of those industry publications that just went and it disappeared because well who plays records anymore right (laughs) they're still called radio and records um so one of the guys that was involved in that started his own convention and uh you know big names are going to be there glenn beck's going to be there uh so you know we'll see we'll see how that goes it should be interesting either way it gives us an excuse to visit the west coast uh for a weekend and it happens to be the same weekend as libertopia which is going on in hollywood which will be fairly close by i believe to to where we're going to be out in la and uh 
I guess lots of folks are going to be there. Angela Keaton from Anti-War. There's a whole list of people over at Libertopia.org where you can see what's going on out there. Lots of uh, libertarian luminaries will be in attendance. And we'll get to drop in at least for a few hours on uh, on Saturday. So if you're going to be at Libertopia, um, maybe we'll see you there. So thanks to the Free Talk Live amplifiers for sending us out west. 800-259-9231 to the phones and the fun. Paul is in West Virginia listening to WVTS in Charleston. Hello, Paul. Hello. Hey, How are you? Just super. What's on your mind tonight? Um, I'm very, very much interested in the Free State Project. Super. I'm sick and tired of having what I consider to be my rights, although the government doesn't consider rights, no matter what they say, mm. uh, stepped on. However, I live, quite frankly, just above the poverty line. I mean, just scratching it. And I was wondering, how does someone in my position afford to move? It's a fine question. Now, what are you paying in rent? Actually, uh, I have a mortgage on my house. You do? Okay. Okay. It runs me about $550 a month. So selling off the house would uh, probably make it so you'd lose money, I'd imagine, right? Yes. Um, that's with the way the house market is. You know, uh, two years ago, it was worth about $20,000 more than it's worth right now. Yeah, that's uh, so it, I, it's a story repeated right around now. the nation. You know, people's uh, houses are worth yep. uh, less these days, but, uh, you know, so's the dollars. Uh, <laughs> if uh, I tried you... to sell it right now, it would, you know, it would take several months, maybe perhaps a year to sell it. I would have to accept less than what I owe on the mortgage, mm-hmm. take a loss, which would possibly devastate me financially. Yeah, I'd like to get out of here. Um, this this is not a good situation. The taxes here are extreme. It's it's just not it's not conducive to uh, the lifestyle I want to live. I bet a lot of people feel similarly. They feel trapped uh, where they are, not because you know they're, they're not staying where they are because they want to stay there, but they're staying where they are because they feel like they have to. Now, Mark, you've owned a, a couple houses in uh, in your lifetime, and uh, what do you think the right right uh, solution here? Maybe renting the place uh, from a distance. I mean, that could be risky, but I I don't maybe know. Better um, than selling it at a loss. Yeah, right? You know, I tried to do the renting from a distance thing. It worked for me for a while, but uh, you know, then the, the housing you know market truly crashed, and and there were more people renting. Uh, there were there were a lot more uh, rentals than there were people renting at the time, so it wasn't really making sense from uh, my standpoint to continue doing that. But I'd say that what you've got to do here is is just kind of live into the future of the Free State Project. You you know go to the go to freestateproject.org, sign up, and then uh, you know. Live as, intention, though, yeah, right? live as though you intend to move and you've got to obviously you're gonna to have to put money aside every time you sell a house there's you know people people get paid on it the the bank gets paid the real estate agents get paid somebody's getting paid every time that you're you're going to be selling a property and buying a property um you know we were we were taught over the last 10 years that uh that, that buying a property is a great financial investment for the future well you know, not not since uh, not for the last two or three years it hasn't been. What do you uh, do? You have well, a family, I, Paul? I, no, um, I'm divorced, uh, single, single man. Um, uh, my parents owned the house since '62, mm-hmm. and uh, after they died, I inherited half of it. My brother inherited the other half, and I had to take out a small mortgage to buy him out. Unfortunately, my mortgage. Uh, one of the stipulations is. I cannot rent the house. I have to reside oh, in it. Wow. Interesting um, mortgage. Yeah. 
And as I said earlier, unfortunately, I am just, I'm $200 a month away from going down the drain. You know, I just, I'm, I'm scratching by every month. The last week of the month, I have to do without things. Mm. It's it's very difficult, and I want to get out of this situation. And the free state sounds like the place I want to be, but what does a poor man like myself do? Well, I'll tell you, most of the people moving are poor. <laughs> I mean, quite yeah, frankly, true. it's 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 not the wealthy folks that uh, you know that are, that are picking up and moving. Um, you know, it's 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 the people that that have few connections and uh, don't have a lot of income or willing are willing and able to pick up their lives and move. Those are the ones that are that are doing so. So, yeah, you know, I I I don't know what to say. It's never easy when when your options are limited by finances, but. Yeah, you, you just got to create it as something oh, that's important to you. How much work? How much work are you doing down there? You have one job, two jobs. You run your own business. What's your situation there? Actually, uh, about fifteen years ago, I had two strokes in a row and two oh, heart attacks. Good heavens! And yeah, I'm living on. Uh, I had the good sense years ago uh, to purchase a disability insurance policy through my employer. Hmm. And I have to live on that, but it's uh, like twenty five percent of what my previous income was. My, <laughs> I have dropped from, well, not well to do, but you know I had enough to get by. Is there anything that uh, is there anything you could do to sort of I guess uh, add to that, like some sort of uh, work from home phone, t- you know, phone sales or phone sex or something oh, like God. that? I mean, is there? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think anybody would be interested in that. Oh, there are plenty but, of men uh, that no, would be interested no, actually, in that. Let me tell you. God, don't listen to uh, it. Go I, ahead. Actually, actually. Actually, no, I can't because um, if I start bringing in any kind of an income whatsoever, it's going to uh, affect the insurance, and they're going to hmm. cut back on what they pay me. And I'm I'm kind of at loggerheads here. That's it's just, difficult. What about selling drugs? Oh God! <laughs> um, no, all I do is use drugs. I don't sell. Them. Sorry. <laughs> Well, um, I'll, you know what? I, it's a tough situation. I would suggest doing everything you can. I'm sure you've already done this, but uh, to cut back on what you spend, and if you have to sell the house at a loss, then if that's what it takes to to get up here, and you know, if you can somehow reduce your costs, if you can if you can take your cost of living down when you make the move to New Hampshire, then you could use that extra money to pay off what remains of the mortgage. I don't know how low you can get it out here. I know some people are paying as little as well, there's, uh, there's some very cheap properties upstate. I mean, that's you know that. that that's where you would uh, be looking for the the, the really um, you know, the, the low cost. And I don't know and, if you'd be wanting to buy right out the gate, though. You probably want to probably want to rent. There's when you, che- uh, cheap rent up there too. Yeah, there is cheap rent up there. That's true. And and if you yeah, split, I would uh, if, probably have to rent. Yeah, if you split a place with some other folks, you can probably get the rent down pretty cheap. I know some folks are renting for as in the city uh, where rents are expensive for as you know a little as three hundred a month plus utilities. Uh, so what I would recommend is you visit some of the activist forums, uh, forum.nhfree.com, forum.freekeen.com, and start connecting with folks. And do what Mark suggests and start living into the future of, of being here in New Hampshire. And then maybe some doors and windows of opportunity will open for you. And I hope to hear good news. And, Paul, thanks for the call. We'll see you tomorrow night. Free talk. What if the key to achieving liberty in your lifetime was to move together with others who think like you? Liberty activists are joining the Free State Project, which is over halfway to its goal of 20,000 participants. And they're already making the move to New Hampshire. The successes are piling up and are proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. From demonstrations and vigils to outreach and volunteering, there's a lot going on in Keene. 
Keene is also the undisputed Liberty Media capital of the world, with television, talk radio, newsprint, and more, all originating here. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, the busiest Liberty Forum in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com.